the first encounters of the new year. Eek. It's Is it? I think so. Yes. Yes. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I was like, did I it miscalculate? Recalculate? No, I did. There's a lot of What's episodes. new? I still don't know what day it is, where we are, how to do math. <laughs> you know, that's okay. We don't need to know. It's just a part of my person now. So Yeah. You can't be good I at everything. I rely on you to help me. <laughs> <laughs> I do love math. But I'm not quick at it. I feel like some people, and I think like my mom is this type of person where she's so good at quick math. I remember when she took me to buy a car when I was in college and she had this notepad and she was math whizzing it up and I was so impressed with her. I was like, whoa, wizard. Wild. Wizard. Which- You know what I get scared about is not scared about? Wow, English. Already, I've been stumbling over all of my words today. Like I barely can speak. So- Whew. Unfortunately, this is an encounters episode, so I'm going to be reading a lot. Not a good day. But what I was going to say is I always feel super uncomfortable at restaurants when the waiter is watching me fill out the check because oh. it takes me a long time. And I feel like they think it's because I'm trying to figure out or like feeling pressured to leave a certain tip. It's not. I'm trying to do the math for the total. Wait, have you ever? Oh, for the total. Okay. I know the trick. I'm still slow. That's okay. I'm still slow. It's, yeah, my, I'm quick with 20%. For some reason, yeah. I can do 20% math quickly. But the I cannot adding. do addition. Yeah, that could be hard. But um, I'm curious if there's any, if there's anyone who works in hospitality or, or works somewhere where they are given tips, is it rude to just write the tip number and then in the total, write math? Because <laughs> someone I know used to do that. And I was like, oh, can you actually do that? And so I'm I got trying nervous. I'm, to I've remember. I think the only problem with that is if you're I'm tr- okay. I'm trying to remember because I worked at TGI Fridays as a waitress. Um, and I'm trying to remember how you input it into the machines. Oh, I think the biggest thing though is if you don't write the total, there could be discrepancies. Like when you save the receipt, like like how do you know that some I didn't write the uh, the the tip myself as a waitress? You know, if if the person didn't write the total. Oh, yeah, you put a one in front of there. Yeah, in front of whatever numbers there. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Save your own I'll butt. continue to just do yeah. slow math. Yeah. We slow get there. and steady. It's just a longer journey than some others. <laughs> That's just life. This is two girls, one ghost. Two girls, one ghost. We took a long time to get there too. We did. And this episode of Two Girls, One Ghost is sponsored by Hungry Root and Modern Fertility. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne and I'm Sabrina. Hello. And this is an encounters episode. And can I start? The new year yeah. with a incredible story. Absolutely. Okay. This is from our listener, Gabriella, and it is called Sexual Alien Encounter as Told by My Partner Sleep Talking? What? And I saw this. Go on. I saw this and I was fully convinced it was just one of those subject lines that was trying to like, you know, entice me, which it did, but it wasn't misleading. Okay. Wow. Hi, Corinne. I'm already jumping to conclusions. My mind is like, oh my gosh, or do you have sex with aliens in your <laughs> astral body? Blah, blah. Okay, We're I'll let you about to find I'll out. I'll let you read this. 
Hi, Corinne, Sabrina, Ghost, and Leia. My name is Gabrielle. Uh, she put the pronunciation. And my pronouns are she, her. I wrote another spooky little email to you all before, but today I have a shorter and possibly concerning sleep-talking story from about a month ago. For background, my partner and I both occasionally sleep-talk, but it's usually mumbled and hard to understand and doesn't happen very often. But this night was different. We had been asleep for a little while, although I don't know what time it was. And all of a sudden, I remember being conscious, not really waking up, but just already being awake and looking at my partner. And he just started sleep talking clear as day. He said, Gabby, it has come to my attention that you had sex with an alien. What? In a really programmed mechanical kind of way. And then he started speaking gibberish for a few seconds. The kind of gibberish that sounds like a language that you just don't understand, followed by a loud snickering laugh. Kind of shocked, I just stared at him for a while after he did this and whispered his name to see if he was awake and messing with me. But nope, he was fully asleep. I thought it was pretty funny, so I wrote it down in my notes app and went back to bed. <laughs> But I couldn't. It has come to my attention that you have had sex with an alien. Yes. Boop, boop, boop. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Gabriella wrote, but I couldn't stop thinking about it throughout the night. In the morning, he had no recollection of any dream he was having or have of saying anything in his sleep. So either my partner is having sex dreams about me with aliens or did I actually <laughs> have sex with an alien and he somehow witnessed it and related it to me subconsciously? Thankfully, I did not get pregnant with an alien-human hybrid baby, but a small part of me hopes that something did happen just for the story. I hope you enjoyed this strange possible encounter. Feel free <laughs> to share on the podcast. I will see you on the other side, but hopefully on this side too one day. Hugs and spooks, Gabriella. Gabriella. <laughs> New theory. Okay. New theory. Your boyfriend is an alien, and in <gasps> his dream, he's so racked with guilt for mm. not telling you that he's an alien that he reverts back to his alien robot self in his dreams and is rehearsing how to tell you. And through his anxiety, that was one of his – he's like looking out. in the mirror in his dreams and he's like, you had sex with an alien. And then he's like, no, damn it. That's not – I shouldn't start with that. But you heard that part. You heard him rehearsing. Okay. Yes. Alternatively, they were both abducted because Gabrielle explains oh. just hmm. coming to consciousness and not – it wasn't like she was waking up. It was like as if she was awake and then becoming conscious again. So it's like the aliens dropped her back off in bed. And her partner in bed was like, hey, I know what happened up there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's an interesting theory. And now, Sabrina, you're reminding me of when that listener had emailed us the tape recording of the like 20-minute-long abduction or whatever. Yeah. And there was that sort of robotic voice that was like, where are the children or something like that at the end? Is it something? Do you have any it, children? Do you have any children? But it's almost the, the fact that he had such like a robotic way of delivering that makes me think that you're right. What if he was, what if they were both abducted? They were surrounded by these aliens that speak in this really like strange robotic voice. And so he was kind of imitating what he had just encountered also trying to explain to her what had happened. Gabby, it has come to my attention that you have had sex with an alien. Or maybe there's just some alien out there. <laughs> I don't know. That's just be bopping around. Floating about. I don't bopping know. around. She's the hottest, hottest person at the bar. And Gabby was like, ooh, ooh, when she was younger. And now the Galactic Bureau of Investigation that we lead. That we lead, of course. They're they're coming back. They're like, this guy, he's been 
having way too much fun on planet Earth. We got to take him back. Everybody's swooning over him. Yeah. Guys, girls. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. He's a Zac Efron of you aliens. You had sex with an alien. I believe it. That could be, that's the title of our first book. I had sex You've with had an alien. You had sex with an alien. <laughs> Oh, I was like, you. You. And it's a POV <laughs> and half of the, the pages are blank because you can make up whatever oh, you want. Choose, your, choose own your own adventure. It's a workbook. But like we have some, yeah, but like we create these really saucy monologues like from the alien. And, and then it's like, like, here's a blank page to draw your dream alien. Right. And it and comes with like, gel pens. Yeah. Yep. Oh, sparkly. Yeah, of course. And scented. Oh, absolutely. Must have. Because who cares about your endocrine system? Just fuck it up. And then we also- Smell all those chemicals. Then we start to ship the books with um, a doll alien that comes to life at night. <laughs> <laughs> so much better than the direction I thought you were going with. What were you thinking? Doll, sexy book, oh. Sabrina. Well, it comes to life at night. Okay. All right, so we're getting into sex toys and smut novels in 2023. Yeah, that's our that's new our, what we'll, endeavor. We'll deliver to you. <laughs> I thought you were transitioning into your next story, and I was like, no way did you pick something oh. that's along the lines of oh my god, alien sex. But maybe. I didn't. Okay. I did not. Okay. Nope. Unfortunately, uh, I'll have to search our inbox to see if there's anything <laughs> anything more, and then I'll bring it next week if we have any more alien sex. Someone re- someone posted like a negative review because we read a story about like someone having sex with a ghost, and I was like, excuse me, you don't know what you're talking about. Get out of here. Also, if you're afraid of discussing sex, then don't, don't listen click on our podcast. Two girls, the name is based. On something sex. Okay. (laughs) I have a story. This is called Ouija Revelation. Oh. Hello, TGOG. Hello. I was just listening to episode 144, and the listener story at the end shook me to my core. When I was a freshman in college, we purchased a Ouija board right before Christmas break. Me, my roommates, and our group of friends would sit around and play with it until we got super freaked out (laughs) or would scare ourselves into laughter. After a few nights of this, my one roommate confessed that she had been the one moving the planchette and made up stories to go along with it. Oh, The roommate, Allie, was the first to leave for break, but we all kept playing. We weren't getting much besides repeated letters, and when we asked for their name, it was. And then everyone who doesn't want to hear the infamous Ouija board, one of their aliases, the infamous Ouija board demon's name, please skip forward now. <gasps> You're going to say the name? The name was Zaza. Oh. So it's another okay. alias. Yeah. Zozo. <laughs> I still say it. At the time, I don't have a Ouija board in here. Yeah, but he doesn't need a Ouija board. Okay, I'll go cry in the shower after this. (laughs) Wash away (laughs) what I've said. Let the rain come down. Everybody, if I go outside, it's raining right now in Boston. I should probably do that now and scare my neighbors. Pause pause for Karen to go outside, please. Mm -hmm. At the time, that name meant nothing to us. We continued playing and things escalated quickly. Suddenly, the board started answering in full, coherent responses. I don't remember what all we had asked before I started to really pay attention, but we asked, where are you from? And it said, Dillsburg. My heart sank. That is the town close to where I'm from, and my college is in Florida, and no one in the room would have been familiar with that name. I asked, do you know one of us? Yes. How? I asked. Army, it answered. Who do you know? You. Oh. What is your name? Gus. 
Tears started to well up in my eyes, a combination of being terrified and sad. What is your last name? I asked for clarification as if I could have been wrong. The response confirmed that it was my dad's best friend that I had spent most of my childhood running around with. Him and my dad. Every answer it gave was correct. The only issue was Gus wasn't dead. I had asked the board, when did you die? And it gave me the date from November that year, only a few days prior. I immediately said goodbye and I told my friends and my roommate that I was done playing and I need to go call my parents. I told them that Gus was my dad's best friend and that they had met in the army. There was no way anyone would have known any of that information. Yeah. I had never told any of them about Gus. I left my room and went into the study room and I called my parents. My parents are very strict Catholics and would have believed my story, but I didn't want to scare them or be the one to potentially tell my dad that his best friend had passed away. So I casually asked my dad, have you heard from Gus lately? My dad interrupted and told me that Gus had passed away last month sometime, but they were waiting to tell me until my exams were over. Oh, my heart sank. Terrified, I threw the Ouija board in the dumpster behind my dorm. I went home for Christmas and I talked to my cousin who was a priest and I told him that we'd played with the Ouija board and that Gus tried to talk to me and I felt bad for saying goodbye without asking Gus more questions. My cousin laughed at me and warned me not to play with those because he believed that I wasn't talking to Gus. I was talking to a demon. Fast forward five months later to the end of the year. My roommates and I were cleaning out our room and I pulled my rug from under our couch to put it in my car. And with the rug came the Ouija board out from under the couch. Remember, she threw it away. Yeah. After listening to the old episode, I guess it's now confirmed that we were talking to a demon. Who knows what demon's name here? I won't say it a second time. Mm -hmm. Was trying to do giving me that sort of information. Or was it really Gus on the other hand? Stay spooky, be safe, be smart, and always say goodbye, Anne. And I really, truly believe it was Gus. I mean, it sounds like it. It really sounds like it. And and as, you know, as critical as we are of Ouija boards, it's truly just, I think, a self-protective mechanism that we have because we've just heard enough stories where Ouija boards go wrong. And that's usually because people are not using them correctly or like mocking. But this is, it sounds like Gus knew you didn't know and wanted you to find out and that it was important for him to like come communicate with you. And it is scary. It is unsettling. So it makes sense that, you know, Anne would shut out of the board. I also wonder I don't know if this is possible. Anne would know her friends better than us, but there is a chance that after Anne threw out the Ouija board, it sounds like they were playing with the Ouija board quite a bit, that someone else in the room was like, oh, I want to continue playing and hid and got a new board and hid it under the couch. Or went and grabbed that board that was in the trash and was like, oh, this will be a funny prank. Hit it. Forgot about it. Yeah. Or they just saw Anne's reaction to the Gus thing and how she threw it out and didn't want to tell her that they were continually continuing to play with a Ouija board. That's true. That's true. I know this one's such a this one's such a confusing one because all of the answers were right and it doesn't sound I mean, from what we've heard with this particular Ouija board demon, usually it's not chit chat, right? No, it's like gibberish. It doesn't go on for that long. It's it's gibberish. It's threatening. It has to do with death. People feel things yeah. on their body. They're getting strangled. They're getting clawed at. Like they're the the things that demons can do happen <laughs> to people who yeah. are huddled around these Ouija boards. And so for it to just kind of be this this sort of like back and forth conversation between Anne and Gus and not be really anything overly yeah. scary. It does make me think. And also too, what if there was the Ouija board demon there? If there was another spirit who was able to kick that Ouija board demon 
out of that Gus place. Gus was like, do you think? Get out of here. Right. Gus Army was protecting. Gus is like, poo poo, punch punch, get out. Or was he was he a prankster? Was he like, oh, these girls play with Ouija board? I'm going to yeah. pretend I'm this other guy and see if I spook them. And then it just didn't land because no one knew okay, well now who that was. Your punch punch, pew pew really makes me want to have a comic book series all about a ghost on the other side who fights demons and like protects humans oh. from demons. I like that. Should we start TGOG comic books? Okay, add that to our business list. A the sexy alien. Pew, pew, those are uppercuts. Yeah. An uppercut. Uppercut. Okay. Oh, pew, pew. Ah, punch, punch. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. I have um, a longer email, but it is from our listener, Ari, and there's a bunch of great stories. And so I'll give you the headline. It's a buffering okay. shadow man, an angry Bigfoot, my alien- ah. And then my alien coworker and all of us try a Ouija board. So there is, this is an email with everything we could ever want. There's a lot. A little bit for everybody. Yes. Howdy, fabulous ghostesses. Whoa. I don't know. Ghostesses? Ghostesses. Ghostesses. Yes. Ghostesses. When I was reading it, it seemed like there were a lot of, it was like M-I-S-S-I-P-P-I-S-S-I. Wait, what? Sabrina. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, wow. You said you don't know how to do math. I can't spell, so. <laughs> <laughs> Two girls, one brain cell. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Sweet baby lamb and that. ghost. <laughs> M-I-S-S-I-P-P-I-S-S-I. <laughs> Spells ghost. Miss a pissy. <laughs> Come see Two girls, one brain cell, live and miss a pissy. <laughs> <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good to laugh at yourself. <sighs> okay, one sentence in. Howdy, fabulous ghostesses, sweet baby Leia and ghost. My name is Ari. <sighs> Sabrina, you got this. I use ball yourself together. <sighs> Come on. Okay. <laughs> I use she, her pronouns, and I'm from Washington State. It would have been so good if Ari was from Mrs. Mississippi. Mrs. Pissy. What? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, am I okay? <laughs> Mrs. Pippi. Mrs. Pippi is basically what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's rich. Oh, it's yeah. Okay. I'm going to stop saying words that are not written down. How about that? Okay. I've been a listener since 2020 and have been quickly making my way through your spooky stories. You've got me through a wild year of catching COVID, which I do not recommend, my uncle's passing, and a really hard breakup with my roommate. LOL. Oopsie. As a side mm-hmm. note, I feel compelled to mention that I feel a strange sense of calmness whenever Corinne tells us to sit back and relax to enjoy a long email, and I started saying Jesum, unironically, because of her saying it in earlier episodes. I may have adopted some mannerisms, but that's just a side effect of the pyramid scheme working, right? Jesum, you haven't said that, that in so long. Rea- no, but you know what I've started saying a bunch in my what? in my regular life, my non-podcast life? Crud. Now oh. instead of shoot. Crud. Or like something like that, I just go crud. 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 I like crud. It's okay. Anyway, on to the spooks. I should say there's a bit of a variety in this one, and you can pick and choose what you'd like to share, and I'm going to share it all. Story one 
the buffering shadow man absorbed into my rug. My first story takes place in my childhood home in western Washington state. I was probably between five and seven at the time. And the one thing about me is I hate sleeping. I don't know why. Oh. But since I was why? a kid, well, maybe we'll find out. Maybe there's something scary about sleep. Mm. Whereas here I am, I'm being like when people say, are you a morning person or a night person? I say I'm a sleep person. A sleep person with insomnia. Well, that's a that's what you recent. Are. That's a recent development in my life. Okay. I don't know why, but since I was a kid, I would stay up late playing with toys or drawing on scraps of paper. I would wander into my siblings' rooms or my parents' rooms, usually looking for the cat or coming up with some strange excuse to be up in the middle of the night. I just imagine Ari being creepy as anything, just wide awake, wandering the house late at night, going into people's rooms. Do do do. Where's the cat? That would be terrifying. My parents even put a baby gate in front of my door at one point to keep me from getting out. <laughs> really childproof. Yeah. But I was a little old for it and found a way to climb over. So then they stacked another baby gate on top of that one. <laughs> anyway, there I was, gated into my room one night, playing with my stuffed animals. I made my parents leave the light on outside my room with my door open because I was and still am afraid of the dark. I remember looking up from my stuffed animals to see a tall, shadowy figure in the doorway of my room. I laid there, paralyzed with fear, as he seemed to float closer to my bed. And then he stopped. He stopped in the middle of my room on top of a small rug that I had. This rug was made of pink, blue, and purple loops of yarn depicting somewhat of a bullseye pattern. He slowly bent over, his motion seemingly slowed down and blurry. He reached down and picked up a yellow ball from my floor. You know, one of those plastic balls you would find in a ball pit as a kid? And he slowly stood back up. Then, as if he were a buffering video that had just caught up to speed, he violently threw the ball at the wall adjacent to my bed. That's so scary. That's terrifying. The aggression, the force. I began to cry and got under my blankets, silently hoping he would disappear. I peeked from under my covers and he had just vanished. I looked where he had been and the yellow ball seemed to have rolled from the wall back to the middle of the room and landed on top of the rug Hugh had been standing on. I was scared to even walk over where he had been and I was trapped in my room anyway and I couldn't get my sister to calm me down. So I just sat in my bed and watched that quarter of my room for as long as I could remember, eventually drifting off to sleep. The next morning, I went to shove that rug right under my bed, out of sight, out of mind. (laughs) But I noticed something off about that rug the morning. There was now Uh a singular yellow loop where the ball had landed the night before. Whoa. I remember feeling flushed and panicked. That ball was now nowhere to be seen, and this rug had a new loop on it. How could this have happened? I tucked it away and decided to not tell my family what I had seen. Later that same year, we had a family over with two daughters roughly the same age as my sister and I. The adults were playing poker and drinking, and my brother and I were playing with, I'll call her Anna, who was the younger of the two daughters. We were playing Mousetrap. Well, we were playing with the pieces to Mousetrap, but I don't think we were actually playing it properly. I hadn't had any other encounters or experiences since that first night I told you, and I chalked it up to a bad nightmare, or just some late night delusion. So the rug had come out from under my bed at some point, and Anna had taken a seat on it. Suddenly, in the middle of our game, Anna looks at us and says, Guys, guys, what's happening? I think I'm going to pee. My brother and I looked at her dumbfounded and said, Okay, go to the bathroom. And she said, No, 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 over and over and sat there frozen, peeing her pants. No, oh. 
My brother oh, and I. I feel so bad for her. I know. She was probably so scared. My brother and I didn't know what to do. She told us not to tell anyone because she was so embarrassed and I lent her some clothes oh. for the night. The next day, I threw out the rug, not thinking anything of it. And just trigger warning, there is suicide mentioned in the next sentence. We fell out of touch with the family and stopped having them over for game nights. And years later, in 2016, Anna died by suicide. I don't like to imagine that something was transferred to her night that night or maybe some dark entity was feeding off her energy, slowly draining her. But I really don't know what happened that night. I never saw the entity again, and I've been tempted to contact the other side in hopes of asking her for, for answers. But I'm just too scared. Story two. I should not have access to Ouija boards. <laughs> I know you ladies love a good Ouija board story, so here goes a nice short one for you. I was in my hometown, this time age 20 or so, and I was wandering shops downtown with my boyfriend at the time, and we came across an old Ouija board in an antique shop with a note written on it, open at your own risk. Well, ladies, I am an idiot. I sat my ass down and said, <laughs> ooh, let's give it a try. I know. What the actual fuck was I thinking? I had downloaded Ouija apps because, yes, I am the kid that was sincerely interested in playing those haunted games you have mentioned. But don't worry, I'm slightly smarter now. And I've read every story online trying to scare myself out of it before. But when this opportunity arose, well, you know. So we sat there on the floor of the small antique shop. I can't believe Ari did this in the antique shop. I know. Because I feel like that's a place with lots of spirits. Right. Okay, we sat there on the floor of the small antique shop and asked the classic, is anyone there? Well, that planchette whisked right on over to yes. My boyfriend and I looked at each other with the, okay, stop moving it now, look, and then both out loud said, I swear it isn't me. The best, the rest of the interaction was short and terrifying. I asked, what is your name? It spelled out O-U-I-J-A, Ouija. Ha ha, very funny. I know that's not your name. The planchette moved to no. I said, okay, well, do you know my name? The planchette moved to yes. I said, no, you don't. The planchette slowly started to spell out my full name. I was so spooked. I said, how did you know that? And the planchette moved to goodbye. I was dog sitting at the time. It was for an old couple that lived in a retirement RV park. My boyfriend refused to spend the night with me in this RV for the night as he was convinced that I was going to bring something with me. I don't think I did, but that was a rough couple of nights. I'll tell you that much. Strangest thing about it though is that I still want my own Ouija board so badly. I'm still deeply drawn to its abilities and want to know more. I know, I know, it's a dumb idea. I'm staying strong for you guys. That said, if I do come in contact with another, I'll be sure to tell you. And, you know, like we've said, you can find a way to positively play with it, but it does sound like something is calling Ari to it in maybe a scary way. Yes. Okay, Corinne, this story yes. is for you. And then the next story is for me. Look at the shirt I'm wearing. Exactly. There we go. Bigfoot is my boyfriend. Story three. My brother saw a Bigfoot. This story is not mine, but my brother's. We will call him Connor. Connor is six foot four. He's 230-something pounds and was a football player in high school. My family jokes that he's Ferris Bueller and I'm his sister nobody knew about. <laughs> he had a large group of jock friends. So one night, a small group of them decided to walk the train tracks past this abandoned brewery in town, which is very standby me. By the way, I broke into this brewery multiple times in high school, and each visit was a haunting disaster, and we usually got chased by dogs out of there. Actually, side note, that brewery electrocuted and killed someone with exposed wiring, and someone drove what? their car into the building and died, 
And the entire building went up in flames all within the year. Oh, my gosh. Also. How are they in business? Oh, it was an abandoned brewery. I don't think they were in business. Oh, oh, oh. okay. Anyway, they were making their way along the dark tracks, already spooked, and it was late and dark outside, when all of a sudden they hear shaking in the woods. My brother described it as deliberate shaking, like something was stuck or trying to get their attention. The boys turned and saw that the branches were now violently shaking, and along with it, they heard a low, loud grunt. They looked at each other wide-eyed, then the beast grew louder, almost angry. It was a noise that none of them had ever heard before, inhuman, but definitely not an animal. They booked it out of there and came home, all yelling at once to tell me that they had seen a Sasquatch. (laughs) Connor said, I'll tell you what, people are always complaining about catching blurry footage of Bigfoot, but they're lucky to have gotten anything. I was not thinking about a picture because that shit was terrifying. That is a good point. Like, it does seem scary and people take the time to get a picture. Right, right. Yeah, you're running for your life. Yeah. Okay. It definitely, yeah, it's a, it's a different type of reaction when people freeze and just grab out their cameras. Definitely. Yes. I feel like if it's during the daytime, I'm probably more likely to grab out my camera if there's like a group around me and everyone else is like, what is that? But if anyone starts running, I'm running too. I was going to say, I'm, I love that you believe you would do that, Corinne, but I kind of picture you being the first person to run. Probably. Let's be real. If it was if it was a creature, I'm running. Yeah. Yeah. If it's a UFO, I'm probably taking video. Although actually, the time that we did see a UFO very close to our college house, I insisted no one take video because I was so scared that they would know we were taking video yeah. and abduct us. So yeah. And we weren't- Actually, I probably wouldn't take video. We weren't GBI at the time, so, you know. We weren't. But now we have our titles and protection. Yes, exactly. So next time. We are safe. Okay, this is the last story. It is called My Alien Coworker. My next story is also not mine, but my old coworkers, who we will call Miranda. Miranda was bubbly, kind, and had lots of stories. One day, she was telling me about her family, who I rarely heard her speak of. She told me that one night when her dad was young, maybe in his 20s, he was sharing a beer with his best friend. They lived in rural western Washington at the time, and they were sitting outside chatting in the night. Miranda's dad says he heard something moving behind them, and he turned. And then he has no memories of the night after this moment. The next morning, he woke up next to his friend. They were both naked, lying in the middle of a field. Neither of them had any memory from the night before. And in fact, they didn't even recognize the field that they were in. I am not sure how the rest of that day went, but Miranda shared that her dad later had an accident with a barbecue that left half of his face badly burnt. He went to the hospital and they bandaged him and told him he would likely never hear or see from that side of his face again. Only, according to Miranda, after a few weeks, his face had completely healed. He looked younger and could see and hear perfectly fine. His skin was soft and able to sense touch. And Miranda claims that he... that he regrew his entire left ear. Not only this, but unfortunately, Miranda's dad was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, and Miranda claims that he shows little to no symptoms of MS regularly and lives a normal life after his diagnosis. And then Miranda herself told me that she was born with a strange defect. She got close to me and looked me in the eyes before saying, everything on the left half of my body is lower. And ladies, uh, she's right. Her ear, eye, and even that nostril were slightly lower set than the other side of her body. She told me that even her left leg is slightly longer and causes her frequent body pains. Needless to say, after that conversation, we both agreed that her dad was abducted by aliens in his 20s, given some experimental serum that allowed for cellular regeneration, 
and then resulted in Miranda, who is convinced that she has some sort of alien DNA because of this. <gasps> Thanks for creating. Kind of a bummer, though, that her that her dad was basically cured and then she lives with pain. <laughs> but maybe she's cured from things that we don't know. Maybe she would have otherwise. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You're right. Thanks for creating such a great space for people to share their wild and scary stories. You two have truly changed my life and shifted how I see things. Keep up the great work. Love you guys. See you on the other side. Ari. Wow. Ari. Uh, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> okay. Well, the fir- we'll start with the first story. Yes. I, I have a question. So when sure. you heard there was a yellow loop in the carpet, what did you picture? I pictured – Because I – Cross-stitch. Like, you know, the – like a Okay. Loop. Me too. Yeah. I was like, there's a crocheting ghost yeah. out there. I imagine so that his spirit left like a stain on it. Oh. Because the rug was purple, oh. pink. There was no yellow. Or was that truly him just like living in the little fabrics? Like a little Horton Hears the Who. Horton Hears a Who. You know how they all like live on a little yeah. dandelion type thing? I wonder if the spirit just kind of tried to hide in the fabric and that's how that spirit hid before. Whatever this thing was, jumping from fabric to fabric. Yeah. But they caught, she caught him. Yellow stain. But then- it's so weird. He terrified this other girl. I mean, the fact yeah. that she was sitting on that rug and was so terrified that she peed, like, what was she seeing? I don't know. That's so scary. It also, okay, I have a disturbing thought. What? You know how humans, bad people, will sometimes mark people's houses or cars mm-hmm. to indicate that there's a potential, like, victim there? Ugh, hate that. Yes. I wonder if there was some sort of, like, paranormal version of that where the yellow thread was was some sort of, like, beacon or marking to say, like, there's there's someone whose energy you can feed on here. And so horrible, scary creatures can Came through and that's what she I saw. I hate it. I hate that. I hate that possibility. I, whatever it is, if yeah. it's the spirit himself or if he marked it for other spirits, it just feels negative and bad. And like the way that he, it reminds me of your story actually, where you said that the spirit was very slowly approaching you and then all of a sudden darted at you so fast. Like that, mm-hmm. this spirit yes. very slowly came in, very slowly picked up the ball. And then very violently threw it towards the wall. Which is so scary because it's so unpredictable. Yes. What a spirit will do. And then it also makes me think like, is that them powering up? Like the slow movement, you're both not necessarily gaining, it's not gaining your trust, but like, or lowering your defenses entirely. But you're like there and you're watching it and you're maybe comfortable-ish seated there. And then it like, has all that time to power up and be like non-threatening-ish in the corner, just slowly moving, and then unleashes all of its aggression all at once. Uh, I hope that doesn't happen ever again. I know. Not great. No, not not ideal. Um, and then her brother saw a Bigfoot, which is scary. Sounds pretty horrifying. And to have so many people be with you to all agree that that's what they saw. Mm-hmm. And then the alien story. My gosh. The, <laughs> oh, my God. I just – That's going to stick with me for a long time. To, to wake up in a field next to your friend, both lying completely naked. Also, how do they get home? And they have no clothes. They didn't know what field that they were in. I – I want to talk to I want to talk to this coworker's uh, Ari's coworker's dad. How do we get I, in touch? Oh, what a crazy thing to experience in your life too. Yeah. I wonder how much that dad thinks back to that night. I would how much I would think back to it, it every day. If you have right. no memory of that and what a bizarre, confusing experience. Like, and were ugh. there any dreams or were there any 
moments later on where like potentially new memories came forward and he wasn't sure if he was remembering what actually happened that night or if he was just his mind was making up the scenario like does he have any recovered memories from the abduction yeah i don't know i would like to know jeez louise Mm. all right what do you have okay so remember when i ran into one of our listeners in terrain sarah yes she had emailed us in 2019 so i oh Grabbed her email. Love that Sarah's still with us. Sarah. Listening wise. I know. And presence yeah. wise, life wise. <laughs> Whenever we say that, it does sound. <laughs> it does sound really still, messed up. Still listening. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ghost story. Seeing my parents doppelgangers. Oh, both Hi, of girls. Them. I recently started binging your podcast and am such a fan already. I wanted to share one of my ghost encounters with you. The first one I've ever had. I live and grew up in Connecticut. And as you can imagine, there are a lot of old homes here. If you're ever in Connecticut, definitely visit the Mark Twain house. <gasps> yes. They do ghost tours too. That would be fun. When I was in elementary school, we lived in an older and slightly secluded house. One night, I was playing with my dolls and my dad came in the room to tell me that he he was leaving to take the trash out and would be back inside in a minute. Only he and I were home at the time. Thinking nothing of it, I kept playing. After a few minutes, I looked out the window and I saw my dad coming back down the driveway towards the house. I thought it was weird because he was wearing white, even though he wasn't wearing white when he came into my room. A minute later, my dad yelled up, okay, I'm going outside now. And I realized that wasn't my dad walking down the driveway because he hadn't left yet. What? I looked back out the window, but the figure was gone. I was spooked, but I don't remember being too scared until later that night when I saw something else. Oh my gosh. I was sleeping in my room with my bedroom door open, which was at the end of an L-shaped hallway. So when the door was open, I could see a good portion of the hallway. This sounds exactly like my house set up, mm. which is when I saw the guy chase yeah, me. great. <laughs> Ooh, my eyes just started twitching. Ah, Flashbacks. Everyone else was asleep and I woke up suddenly. Looking into the hallway, I saw a bright white ghostly woman. She looked exactly like my mom, but I knew it wasn't her. She seemed to be floating, not walking down the hallway. Suddenly she turned and looked right at me. She had bright blue eyes and I threw the covers over me and I refused to look back out until morning. It really terrified me, especially at such a young age. I don't remember, but I don't think I ever brought it up with my parents. (laughs) The only thing that happened was a few nights later, I slept walked down the hallway and halfway down the stairs until I triggered the motion alarm and woke up screaming. Oh. A few other things happened while we lived there, but this memory is so strong, I just wanted to share. To this day, I have no idea what the doppelgangers were doing there. But if you have any thoughts, I would love to hear. Thank you for reading. Your fan, Sarah. I don't know, Sarah. It's weird that it all happened in one day, basically. And it feels very Coraline, especially the like piercing blue eyes. Right. And both both of the parents. Yeah. It's almost too. like maybe there was an entity that tried to mimic her dad first and wanted something to happen and it didn't. So then they pretended to be her mom. Or maybe there's two different entities who were impersonating both. Pa- I don't know. And it's weird that it only both happened at one time. were right. They were both white though too, like uh, Wearing what they were white. dressed in. Yeah. Which is interesting. But it, but it's weird because obviously Sarah thought it was actually her dad when mm-hmm. that – well. It was sorry. I'm. It was her dad who came in the room. I don't know. My theory's gone. It, the oh, doppelganger was outside. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got. I confused myself for a moment. <laughs> but it's still. But Sarah was really thought it was her dad. Right. It's just strange that both parents were mimicked in the same evening. Yeah. And also, she slept walk. And it was. 
I don't know where it was leading her. There's basements in New England. Maybe it was trying to bring her outside. Like, that's another thing. Was it just trying to lead her outside? Like, the woman floating down the hallway, was it floating down to the top of the stairs? If she had kept watching, like, would follow? it have walked downstairs? Is it trying to get her downstairs? Or, okay. And outside. Another weird theory. What if our astral selves wear all white? And what if Sarah was seeing her parents' astral project in a weird way? Like, her dad was getting mm-hmm. ready to leave. So he mentally was in this, you know, place of I'm leaving. And so maybe his astral being was just ahead of his physical being. Ahead of himself. Yeah. That's really interesting. That also makes me think of alternate timelines and and some glitches. Like what if that day was just a weird glitch where Sarah was encountering another dimension's version of her parents. And so her dad was taking the trash out in the other dimension just a couple minutes before yeah. this dimension. I don't know. This timeline. I don't know. It's super weird. I'm glad that Sarah never it experienced is. it again though because that would be more concerning. Doppelgangers are so weird. And it, it's confusing because it's like they say doppelgangers are bad, but how do you know if it's a doppelganger or if it's like something in, per- in like mimicking someone or is it an astral self? Like you, it's just – it's very hard to know. It is. And it's also, it's hard to know when it's like a one and done sort of situation too. Yeah. Where what what was the intent of this spirit or spirits or entities or whatever we want to call them? I don't if know. If they only appeared once and then gave up after the alarm went off during Sarah's sleepwalking. I don't know. I don't know either. So this is another episode of Two Girls, One Ghost where we ask only questions and provide no answers. No answers. <laughs> Except for we do provide great future ideas that will probably never exist. We have theories about these ghost stories. I mean, our alien sex, sexy adventure and our comic book. They will maybe Alien sexy adventure. You never say never. Justin Bieber taught me that. <laughs> oh, my god! You don't gosh. know what this year will have in store for us. No. The, yeah, the world is our oyster. The universe is never ending so therefore opportunities are never ending that sounds beautiful wonderful that does and oysters are aphrodisiacs so maybe we will come up with a come out with a sexy alien and then ghost smut book and ghost is spelled (laughs) m-i-s-s-i-p-p-i-s-s-i what did you say mrs mrs (laughs) pp mrs mrs (laughs) pp Actually, oh, my friend's so daughter calls me Auntie P. Auntie, Auntie P. P. And then Nick is Uncle Pooh Pooh or Uncle Pooh <laughs> instead of Uncle Zoo. That is so cute. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, well we love it's you been all. It's a great time, everyone. Yes. Lovely time. We love you all. Please Send, email yeah. us your ghost stories at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com. Yes. And rate and review us on iTunes. Join us on Patreon. Join the pyramid scheme. Join the triangle. Just join all the things and make everyone else join it too because that's the pyramid scheme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have merch. We have social media. We have YouTube. And we have all of you. So thank you. Thank you. Shout out to our editors at Upfire Digital. Thank you for yet what will be another year yes. of our podcast. And we will see, see you, you on the, the other, other side. side. Very smooth.